Oh, I'm sorry, Paul. All right. <laughs> get everything sorted out. Get my book of Mormon PDF open. And get my book of Mormon text file open. Oh, I'm so excited. We're going to do three chapters in one go. Three? I said like a few. We're going to do a binge session. Can you imagine anything better than binging on Smitty? Oh, oh <laughs> good, long, hard Smitty session. That's what we all need. I tried to make a soundproof booth in my old shed at my old house, actually, to, oh, did to you? play my guitars and stuff. But did it work? Not the way I hoped. No. Welcome to my 20s. Did you hear about that time I ordered two pallets of bricks and I was going to brick up the inside of our garage when we were living down the Gold Coast briefly? No, I do remember your place in Arana Hills, though. There was a downstairs area where you like tried to build like a recording studio. Well, I was going to become a bricklayer and do it myself, and it turns out I'm a really shit bricklayer. I'm not good at it at all. I thought I could just learn anything and just do it, you know, and I'll just order these bricks. And I ended up selling it back to the people, and the guy came with his forklift to pick up the pallets of bricks, and he was not impressed, Mm. even though, like, it was all a fair transaction. I was selling them back. They were still making a profit, but he was just really shitty about it. Yeah. If you didn't want to buy them back, you didn't have to buy them back. You don't have to be shirty. <laughs> uh, so, so your brick lane days are over, is that what you're saying? No, oh, no. they never got off the ground, Paul. It was a lost cause. Uh, disappointing. Bricklayers make good money, I hear. Oh, there's not a lot of women in bricklaying, though, is there? Well, there you go. You could dominate the market. You know, you dominate some men. Wear some shorts and, and those work boots with those long legs of yours. You could get a lot of business. I'm sure they'd like that. Yeah. I'd probably enjoy their attention to some extent. Mm. All right. So I think it's Chapter 5, right? It is Chapter 5. We are Chapter 5. Number 5 is alive. Remember that movie? Short circuit. I've never actually seen it, but I've heard people quote that phrase a lot. After this, find it somewhere on one of the streaming services. The robot that comes to life is Johnny Five. Oh, that's so going to happen pretty soon, hey? When you look at 80s, you know, robots coming to life movies, you know, and you've got your choice between Johnny Five or the Terminator. You know, which one would you rather see actually happen? The friendly robot that just wants to be a a people or the ones that want to destroy us? I think friendly's good. Mm. But evil makes for better stories. Oh, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. Ah. So keep the fiction for the evil ones and for reality, make them friendly. Although who would win, the Terminator or Johnny Five? Because I know the Terminator is super strong or whatever, but Johnny Five does have a laser and we haven't seen the Terminator go up against the laser. Freaking lasers on freaking androids. There you go, Hollywood. Fuck your Predator versus Alien. I want to see Terminator <laughs> versus Johnny Five. And all royalties should be paid to our patrons. Patreon account. Yes, please. Uh, that's Patreon forward slash Book of Boredom. Get on it. Yes, yes. And just put Johnny Five v Terminator in the uh, message thing. That's right. My day job's been interesting this week, actually. My regular manager has been on leave for a few days, so we had, like, the general manager come down. For anybody who's worked in sales, every now and then you get that sales manager. It's just 
on a complete ego trip, thinks that they're like just the greatest ever and they want to tell everybody how awesome they are and remind everybody what their position within the company is. And then there's the, the ones that actually do the work. Ah. So this week I ended up, because I've got a whole four weeks more experience over the other guys I work with, I became sort of a temporary leader figure within the group. So I actually went out and did all the work that needed doing while the general manager did the showboating. Yeah, I, I just kind of slugged away there. That's the way. That's always how it works. Ah, uh, yeah. That's been my week. Working for the man this week. Yeah, and you know, it'd be really weird if I find out that he somehow listens to this podcast and hasn't told me and this whole thing makes it in there. I can chop it out if you like. I don't think he's going to be one of the people I see randomly wearing one of our T-shirts down at the shopping mall anyway. Oh. Mm. Oh. Yeah. That's a shame. <laughs> We'd have to buy him one. <laughs> <laughs> Now start from the beginning. (laughs) Tell everybody you're God by wearing a podcast T-shirt. There you go. He's got Muhammad Ali syndrome. Mm. He's the greatest. Except Muhammad Ali was actually great. He was actually the greatest. That's right. You've got to be able to back these things up. There's nothing wrong with saying it if it's actually correct. Anyway, we are going to power into some uh, big chapters tonight. And should we also say why we're powering through it? Oh, I don't know. Should we? Should we? Uh, okay, so, so we love the person involved. We do, and it was a lot of fun. And if she's listening, we really hope we can get you on again. But, yeah, we did an interview with a guest who, unfortunately, due to work, discovered that it wasn't good for her work image to actually be on the show. And we hope that someday down the track we can have her on again. And, and there is a possibility that it might be salvageable once she's able to get approval. Absolutely. So person in question, we love you heaps. But, yes, because she couldn't be a part of it at this stage, we're actually having to read a chapter twice. Now, I had no intention of double backing on any of this shit. I just wanted to read it and forget about it. Pump and dump, as they say. Yes, exactly. We are going to have to read this chapter twice. But having said that, what we're going to read tonight is actually some of the meatier parts of the Book of Mormon, some of the more controversial. So meaty. Yes. So, yeah, the thing is tonight, okay, we've spoken about racism in the Mormon church before now. Spoiler alert. Tonight is where it really, really rears its ugly head. It's where the black rubber hits the road, isn't it? (laughs) The black rubber hits the white road, apparently. Oh, dear. Hey, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Book of Boredom podcast this evening. I am Brother Paul, and with me, as always, I don't even know how to introduce you anymore in a biblical sense, because you are an awesome person, of course. You're a wonderful woman. Oh, thank you. And any sort of scriptural references to women is usually a negative negative context. So in order to say that you're scriptural, I have to call you the whore of Babylon or a Jezebel or a harlot because quite frankly, that's how the scriptures see women. We have to dig up that story of that awesome bitch that killed that dude with a tent peg. All right, well, I'll introduce you to that. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) joining me as always, my co-host, that awesome bitch who killed the dude with a tent peg, Sister Patience. Hey, Brother Paul. And if I ever see you with a tent peg in your hand, I'm just going to have to hope that I can run faster than you. I'm sure you can. Yeah, put down the tent peg, patience. Put down the tent peg. <laughs> so anyway, how are you? How has your week been? Well, I've been pretty good, but the last 24 hours, I think I got some sort of stomach bug and Ew. my guts have been 
horrible. In fact, it prevented me from getting much sleep. I have just been filling the toilet up. Oh. I'm actually stopped up on four capsules of Imodium now. Ooh. That stuff's miraculous. <laughs> I know, but now you're not going to be able to shit for a week. Oh, I don't know. I started with two and it didn't quite stop things. So, yeah, yeah, I think I'll be right. You're a bit like me. Something goes wrong and you're just like, I'll just swallow the entire box of tablets and I'll be right by morning. You know, <laughs> diarrhea, okay, a box of Vimodium. Next morning, clear as a bell. The recommended dosage on the box does not actually work on our complex tummies now, does it? I do get a bit creative with <laughs> medication sometimes. Uh, Reminds me of that time I superglued my teeth together. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend it. Hang on, hang on. You superglued your teeth together. I did, so... Here is a story I want to hear that I'm sure is going to be more interesting than any story we get in the Book of Mormon, so fire away. Well, I had some surgery a few years back and afterwards, unfortunately, my lower teeth were a little bit wobbly. That would have been okay if I could have stopped playing with it. But, you know, it's like that itch that you can't stop scratching. I'd end up Mm -hmm. playing with it with my tongue and it made them even more wobbly. So they're still there. They're still healthy. They're still alive, but they just move. And eventually to counteract it, I got a bridge put in it. So they're now sort of welded into position and tied to the teeth around it. Mm. So it's all good. I still find it a little bit distracting, but at least if I'm distracted by it, I can't move them. They stay in place. But when did you eat the super glue? Before I got the bar put in there, things were moving around and I was getting really frustrated with it. And I'm just like, you know what? I could just super glue my lower teeth to the ones next to it that aren't moving and it'll just stay in place and then I could get on with my day. Mm. And yes, I've done it more than once. And each time was not good. They recommend you don't sniff glue, but I, I don't hear as much talked about as, you know, gluing teeth and swallowing glue as having the same effects as sniffing. However you want to, you know, you want to get high. I did not get high, but I did feel some mild adverse effects from the super glue. Mm. It was respiratory. It made my chest feel weird. Just regular super glue? Just okay. regular okay. super glue. Yeah. Mm. I All wouldn't right. recommend it. You can't breathe in those fumes. It's not good for your lungs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't recommend breathing super glue so I imagine ingesting it through the mouth is probably also not advisable. They actually use super glue for false nail kits so using it on your body is not completely unprecedented and here's a little tip if you're a bass player that likes using their fingers because it sounds wicked cool but you don't have the calluses on your fingers put some super glue on there to make a second skin and you might find that helps. I've found a couple of times if I've had super glue on my fingers playing guitar is like super silky. Yeah. They slide up down the strings really easily. You don't feel the strings underneath. And yeah. Oh. But, but of course, anytime I use super glue, you know, it's when I'm making a model or, you know, or something like that. And I end up, you know, with like three fingers by the end of it because they're all stuck together. And, I you know. know. It's a bit dangerous, isn't it? Yes. I can't use super glue without sticking some part of my body to something it shouldn't be stuck to. It just kind of happens. As long as you stick some part of your body to a guitar, you'll be happy. One day I'm going to like end up with a guitar permanently stuck to my hand because I've used too much super glue on something and I just can't shake it off. And when people question me, I'm going to be like, I can't break the guitar. Look at it. The guitar's more important than my hand, okay? I just need to not break free at the moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't want to break free. 
Apparently it runs in my genetic code because my grandfather, who what, I never got... glue? Well, sort of. My grandfather, who I never got to meet him... Did, did you never get to meet him because he died from sniffing superglue? Well, who knows? I mean, he did die a bit before his time. It was back when heart attacks killed people really early. I bet you it was superglue. Apparently he had a rotten tooth or one that broke and he aralldited it back into place. <laughs> what was I saying? It was superglue. That's a two-part mixture. you got to mix it together and stir it up. So maybe you didn't get the mixture right, and that's why it was harmful. Well, apparently the tooth never fell out again. <laughs> Before putting aralldite in your mouth, everybody, make sure you get the mixture correct. The right <laughs> proportion from both tubes mixed evenly, okay? Can't emphasize that enough because if you don't mix your aralldite properly, your teeth will either fall out or you will die. I think the idea of ingesting aralldite is absolutely scary. I can't understand it anyway. <laughs> We're mentioning products by name, of course. We're kind of giving out freebies here. We shouldn't give out freebies. We should only mention products by name if they sponsor us. So if you work for Araldite and you would like to sponsor our podcast, <laughs> we would be more than happy to not only endorse your product on our show, but we'd be happy to not eat it. So, well, we are just full of healthy life hacks on this show, are we not? We know what we're doing, Paul. Come for the scriptures, <laughs> stay for the life advice. <laughs> Should we try to read some of this book, Sister Patience? Is that what we're here for? That's right. And if we're really lucky, the next-door neighbours might be having sex and we can just turn up the mic and listen. What kind of neighbours do you have? Yeah, we've got these new neighbours and apparently he likes to slap the ass a little bit. Ooh. So I've just moved into this new house, right? I met the neighbours next door, really nice people, really cool, but they've got like this outdoor patio thing that they've set up. And the other day I came home from work to find that they were out there sunbaking and the wife of the couple was wearing very little clothing. Oh. So the moment I pull in, first thing I see is, her ass looking at me from the distance. Lovely. She was quite embarrassed because clearly she forgot that they had a neighbour now because this house had been empty for a few months. <laughs> so she's like, oh, yeah, shit, there's somebody next door now. So this is how you sunbake during COVID. You do it in your own yard. Yeah, your own backyard in a very, very thin G-string. Oh, nice. uh, With everything on display. Have you ever worn a G-string, Paul? No. Let me tell you. I don't understand how anyone can possibly do it. It's just not good. It's uncomfortable and just feels so wrong. Yeah, they say it makes them feel sexy though, but I'm like, well, mm. it's so thin and covers so little anyway. Is there even any point to it? You may as well just not wear anything and that's still sexy. Yeah. Don't wear a G-string. Go commando. And that is our final life hack for this evening. Go commando, everybody. <laughs> Somebody who, from what I gather, wore quite a lot of clothes, including <laughs> other men's bloody dirty clothes, as we learnt earlier when he killed Laban. Let's look at what Nephi is up to, shall we? Let's do it. Oh, Christy found who did the tent peg. Who did the tent peg? Judges 421. Oh. But J.L. Heber's wife picked up a tent peg and a hammer and went quietly to him while he lay fast asleep exhausted she drove the peg through his temple into the ground and he died <laughs> good girl you gotta love the old testament yeah jl go jl oh. sounds kind of like a hip-hop artist now doesn't it you know and the person she killed is sisera that sounds like a hip-hop name too like <laughs> cisco or something he's the latest single from jl <laughs> featuring sisera <laughs> called tent peg to the head oh that can be our first single under book of boredom Tent peg to the head. Tent peg to the head. Wicka, 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 wicka. Wicka, 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 wicka. 
Yes, I'll start. So in 2 Nephi chapter 5, <laughs> let us go. Behold, it came to pass that I, Nephi, did cry much unto the Lord my God because of the anger of my brethren. But behold, their anger did increase against me, insomuch they did seek to take away my life again. <laughs> ah, they're all talking no trousers, these blokes. They're always saying, I want to kill you, but they never actually follow through. Yea, they did murmur against me, saying, Our younger brother thinks to rule over us, and we have had much trial because of him. Wherefore, now let us slay him, that we may not be afflicted more because of his words. For behold, we will not have him to be our ruler. For it belongs unto us who are the older brethren to rule over our people. So here we go, we've got Laman and Lemuel bitching again. Okay, now I know Nephi is a massive douche nozzle. Okay, I know that Nephi was trying to rule over, you know, was trying to tell everyone how awesome he was and whatever. But the fact is, all they do is complain about the things Nephi said and did, but never at any point did they just say, no, we're not going to go with you. Yeah, they could have done that. They love to complain. Yeah. But it doesn't say anywhere that they were forced against their will to go along with Nephi no. and their father. They could have just said, no, look, we're staying in Jerusalem. You guys want to go off in the wilderness and do your shit. Off you go. Exactly. Instead, they preferred to go with them through the wilderness, across the ocean, to this new country, just so they could keep complaining. It's their own fucking fault. I'm sick of hearing about him. I know, I know. Yes, Nephi sucks. We don't like Nephi. But you didn't <laughs> have to do what he said. No. You could have just said, no, fuck you. We're not going with you. So kill yourselves, Layman Lem. You, you've really only got yourselves to blame here. Anyway, take us away with verse 4. All right. Now, I do not write upon these plates all the words which they murmured against me. He's saying once again all the things he's not writing on the plates because he's got so much room. And we'll know if this sentence makes it in in a few days. There we go. There we go. But it sufficeth me to say that they did seek to take away my life. Ah, oh, that old chestnut. And it came to pass that the Lord did warn me, and I, Nephi, should depart from them and flee into the wilderness, and all those who would go with me. He's off to the wilderness again. He just loves running to paradise. Uh, I mean, he really <laughs> should have set up some sort of tourism agency, you know, Nephi's wilderness adventures. Clearly he's a wilderness expert. He's such a rugged man. He's an outdoors yes. man. He is an outdoors man. He's who the Monty Python Lumberjack song was written about. Yes, complete with suspenders. Yes, yes. Suspenders and a bra. I wish I was a lady just like my dear papa. <laughs> Wherefore it came to pass that I, Nephi, did take my family and also Zoram and his family and Sam, mine elder brother and his family and Jacob and Joseph, my younger brethren, and also my sisters. He has sisters? I didn't know he had sisters. Finally, sisters! Remember, we were talking about this earlier when we were talking about who was travelling, you know, in these boats and stuff going overseas that it only ever mentions... Yeah. Nephi and his brothers. Yeah, so we've got Laman, Lemuel, Sam, Nephi, Jacob and Joseph, right? And then it mentions that they had the sons and the daughters of Ishmael. That's right. What sort of asshole father is Lehi? On his deathbed, he talks for hours and hours and hours and doesn't fucking die. 
but the only people he talks to are his sons. Exactly. No word whatsoever of this dying father addressing his daughters. Such a loving man, wasn't he? And here we are, five chapters into the second book of this thing, and we finally learn that Nephi had sisters. you got to wait till the second book when you assume that they just didn't exist. And again, they don't even have names, and they're never mentioned again. This is the only verse where it's like, yeah, I had some sisters, and they came with me. Ah. We've got Zoram's name, we've got Jacob's name, we've got Joseph's name. Yeah. Couldn't even say, and my sisters Mary, Joe, Billy, Jane and Greta came along with us or anything like that. Nothing. It's actually astounding the number of times Smitty has mentioned Zoram. I think Nephi and Zoram had a bit of a thing going, um, you know, to be honest with you. Yes. Uh, I think Zoram's that's what the deal is there. fuck buddy. Oh, I think so. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. But there you go. Everybody, I apologise for saying that this book is sexist and doesn't have female characters <laughs> because we have this one verse that... There where it doesn't even say how many sisters there are. We know there were at least two because he's using the plural. Yeah, it doesn't say my sister. No. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah so, so you're right. That's all we know. So, so there you go. Mormonism, totally the religion for women. <laughs> you are represented, all you women, by the Book of Mormon. <laughs> and all those who would go with me. Oh, okay. Who else was there to go with him? I mean, how many, how many people were available at this <laughs> The myriads. <laughs> Suddenly there's just more people there. Actually, you know, there was, the boat was a bit bigger than I said earlier and there's a few more people came with us, you know. <laughs> and all those who would go with me were those who believed in the warnings and the revelations of God. Ah, oh, so they oh, were obsessive-compulsive too. There you go. Full of anxiety. Delusional. Wherefore, they did hearken unto my words. Ah, oh, he loves it when they hearken. Ah, oh, they hearken hard. Over to you. Ah, oh, it's my turn. Okay, and we did take our tents. <laughs> and I bet you by this stage he had removed all tent pegs because we just found out about, uh, you know, the, the, the chick killing people with tent pegs. <laughs> We're going to take our tents and whatsoever Things were possible for us and did journey in the wilderness for the space of many days. Oh. And after we journeyed for the space of many days, we did pitch our tents. Okay. Okay. Anytime they go in the wilderness to escape people trying to kill them, they only travel for a few days and then set up camp. Yeah. What's that about? Yeah, you're not really that far away from the danger if you've only travelled no. a few days. I mean, how far could you walk in a couple of days? Not far. According to these guys, it's anywhere from, you know, 30 kilometres to 300 kilometres, according to what we read earlier. It's like his brothers are in Logan and he's moved into the city and that's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like when you're a kid and you, like, hide behind, you know, a chair leg or something. Like, oh, my parents can't see me, I'm hiding. Daddy, I'm hiding. (laughs) Yeah, we're all the way over here behind these trees. They won't see us. We're all good. My brethren will never see me. (laughs) (laughs) They don't know we're here. Only a few days, or many days. It doesn't specify how how many, granted, you know, but it says Mm. after many days they finally Mm. find a place where they're going to set up because they're so far away from their enemies, they're so safe now. Oh, so safe. And my people, would that we should call the name of the place Nephi. (laughs) Wherefore, we did call it Nephi. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, once again, Joseph Smith is just getting lazy with the writing. He can't think of any other names. He's just like, yeah, we've got the dude Nephi. Let's name the city Nephi. Yes, you're white. 
why not? And the two books at the start of the book. Yeah, Nephi. they can be Nephi. Yeah, I really, you know, forget what thinking of a this name. word that he so identifies with? I mean, he obviously thinks he looks like Nephi too. Well, I guess he created the name Nephi, and so he's just, you know, he's like, it's not enough that it's a person. Yeah. It's also got to be a city. It's got to be a people, you know. Yeah. Because, according to verse 9, and those who were with me did take upon them to call themselves the people of Nephi. Oh, right. See, so now we've got the person, we've got the city, and we've got the people. They're all nouns. I wonder if it'll ever become a verb. Mmm, a verb. So Go Nephi yourself. Yeah, go Nephi yourself. You know, we're going to Nephi the hell out of... Actually, there you go. Whenever you sit down and write a book (laughs) or or like any sort of essay or whatever, you just say, I'm going to Nephi the hell out of this. That's right. I'm going to Nephi this. And that's when you just can't stop writing. Specifically when writing, it's when you're trying to make it longer and add more words to kind of, you know. Make it longer than it actually is. Yes, yes. That's that's (laughs) what you call pulling a Nephi. So next time at university, I've got to write an essay on a certain topic and, you know, it's got to be 1,500 words and I can only think of 900. That's where I'm going to pull a Nephi out of this. And they could also call penis extension surgery a Nephi surgery because you're making it longer. Because it's long, complicated and doesn't actually work. Yes. There you go. Longer, complicated, and not good for anyone. And doesn't actually work. That <laughs> is a Nephi. I'm going to have to nickname my penis Little Nephi now. Just, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure yours works. No, yeah, yeah, mine's just fine. It doesn't need any extra um, <laughs> Nephi surgery, sir. You always say you've never had any complaints, Paul. I should call it the Sword of Laban because that's obviously the... Uh, yes. But anyway, take us away with first 10, Sister Patience. Um, we don't. We're trying to binge read some scriptures tonight. We keep getting distracted. Come on, focus. And we did observe to keep the judgments and the statutes and the commandments of the Lord in all things according to the law of Moses. And the Lord was with us and we did prosper exceedingly. Oh, how did you prosper? What did you do? Like, did you trade with someone? What the fuck? Yeah, I have a feeling they weren't trading at this stage. It was all obviously very self-sufficient. How were they self-sufficient? Like, did they instantly just have crops that worked and, ah, Jesus. No, remember they carried hundreds and hundreds of kilos of seed in the wilderness from Jerusalem. That's right. And when they got there, there were cows. Yeah, (laughs) and then they took these seeds on the boats and when they got to America, they planted these seeds and enjoyed eating the animals that were around at the time and then obviously consumed all of them and left no archaeological evidence of their existence. Oh, wow. That's so convenient. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They made the most of all of their resources by completely consuming (laughs) all of them and leaving (laughs) nothing behind. For we did sow seed and we did reap again in abundance and we began to raise flocks and herds and animals of every kind. Oh, every kind. Every kind. That's not an exaggeration, Smitty. No. And I, Nephi, had also brought the records which were engraven upon the plates of brass. Ah, that he stole from Laban. Yes, they're the ones. (laughs) He had the plates, he wouldn't give them to Nephi, so Nephi lobbed his head off. Because God told him to, everybody. We need to remember that. (laughs) Don't go chopping people's heads off if they have your stuff, okay? Where did we get up to? You're about to discuss your ball and compass. Oh. Oh? (laughs) 
Oh, that's right. A couple of sentences into verse 12. Okay, go on. <laughs> and I, Nephi, had also brought the records which were engraven upon the plates of brass and also the ball or compass. It's like Smitty doesn't even know what it is. It was roundish. It was kind of like a compass. Yeah, I, I don't know how to describe it really. Yeah. <laughs> the world's most basic shape, a ball or, you know, a compass yeah. or whatever. And again, previously he'd said it was called the Leona, but he only mentioned that once. And for the rest of the book, he describes it as the ball or compass. So clearly he forgot what name he gave it. <laughs> and his writing's like, yeah, they took that, um, oh, what was that thing in? Oh, the ball or the compass. Yeah, they, they took that. In the fan fiction I'm writing with Sister Rhonda, I use the compass as a sex toy. <laughs> Ooh, I'm looking forward to this fan fiction. And hi, Sister Rhonda. Sister Rhonda just got our Patreon subscription for a year for her birthday, and we love Sister Rhonda very much. Thank you, Sister Rhonda. <laughs> I love her input. If you go to Financial Planner, you know, you know, what have you invested in? Uh, I paid for the book and bought a podcast. And, and what do you get out of that? As your financial planner, I just need to know what value you're getting there. Oh, I get to listen to Paul and Patience talk shit. <laughs> and would you have not been able to do that if you hadn't subscribed? Well, I mean, I would have had less of it, but uh, no, I still could no. have heard the free show. <laughs> <laughs> they still would have talked to me. They're nice people. <laughs> yes, yes. Everybody, get power for your investment and invest in book boredom on Patreon. Yes, you get extra stuff. You can listen to God himself. You can't do that anywhere else. You can also listen to Sister Rhonda's Raised on Fan Fiction Patreon-only episode. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And can anyone decrypt the artwork for that episode? Ooh, I don't think even I can remember. Ah, have a look. Go back. You don't need to be on the Patreon to see the artwork. You can have a look at it on our website. Ooh. Anyway. Okay. That's right. So the ball or compass, he wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah. Which was prepared for my father by the hand of the Lord. According to that which is written. According to that which is written? No, it wasn't. How was the compass according to that which is written? Written by who? By him. Okay. By Nephi. Yeah, Nephi wrote it. He told us about it. So, yeah. It can't be anyone else, can it? No, nobody else has ever seen this ball. Maybe it was one of those prophets that start with a Z. Oh. Zenith. Noom. There was one that was Noom and Xena Warrior Princess. Guys that nobody else had ever heard of but who Nephi quoted from. Yeah. I like the subplot we're building here, you know, that <laughs> anytime we read a verse that doesn't make sense, we can be like, oh, it must have been prophesied by one of those other prophets that nobody's heard of. Right. That's right. That's it. Yeah. I think that's what Smitty was thinking too. Yeah. He has a way out now. Exactly. <laughs> and it came to pass that we began to prosper exceedingly and to multiply in the land. Didn't he just say that? He did. Verse 11. And we did prosper exceedingly. Oh. Except now they are also multiplying as well as prospering. Um, so they're getting rich okay. and they're fucking. <laughs> And I, Nephi, did take the sword of Laban, and oh. after the manner of it, did make many swords, lest by any means the people who were now called Labanites should come upon us and destroy us. For I knew their hatred towards me and my children and those who were called my people. 
That's right. He's a metalsmith. He knows how to make swords because, you know, the ore for making swords and everything is like so easy to access. And obviously the design for a sword only ever happens once. So he made the exact same design a hundred times. Exactly. Exactly. And once again, you know, all those swords are made of steel and last quite a long time when buried in the ground. Archaeologists have found swords that are thousands of years old. But of course, Nephi's swords were completely archaeological proof. <laughs> As in, couldn't be discovered by archaeologists thousands of years later. They used curious workmanship. When Joseph Smith found the gold plates, also in that stone box was the Sword of Laban, the Urim and Thummim, and the Leona. Oh. None of which anybody has ever seen. The sword didn't stay behind. It got taken back up to heaven with Moroni. Obviously. I was wondering, maybe they have it in a vault somewhere in Salt Lake. They've never claimed that it's there. Um, uh, probably because people would be like, can we see it, please? And it's not there. Yeah. Yeah, it was like some of the many things Joseph Smith found these things and now suddenly they're nowhere to be found. Except the Urim and Thummim, which I obviously have with me now to talk to, uh, I guess, yeah. But your Urim and Thummim's a bit better than the one Smitty had. Yeah, yeah, I tweaked it up a little bit. You know, I got a little bit more out yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Moroni took the archaeological record with him too, back to heaven. Yeah, yeah, he must have just taken the whole lot. He's very thorough. And I did teach my people to build buildings and to work in all manner of wood and of iron and of copper and of brass and of steel and of gold and of silver and of precious ores which were in great abundance. And so now, of course, we're learning that in ancient America, things like gold and iron and silver and all of those things were very easily accessible. Yeah. You only had to scrape a little bit of soil off the ground and there they were. It's funny because he's calling them precious ores, but if they're in that much abundance, they're not really precious anymore, are they? Good point. And if they all have these ores and minerals readily accessible, then no, that's the opposite of precious. What's the point in trading something that's abundant? Yeah, exactly. If there's a lot of it there, <sighs> it's not precious. It's almost as if Joseph Smith didn't understand metallurgy. I don't think he understood economics. Yeah, yeah. And here's Nephi, who supposedly the only thing he's ever done is build a boat according to how God told him to, and suddenly he's an expert in making buildings and he's an expert in <laughs> carpentry and he's an expert in metallurgy. I mean, he just picked all these things up so well that he could teach others how to do it. He could totally get a job at Bunnings. Oh, can you imagine yeah, Nephi's warehouse? Racism is just the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> And I, Nephi, did build a temple, and I did construct it after the manner of the Temple of Solomon. Save it were not built of so many precious things, for they were not to be found upon the land. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. What? He's, he's just said there is an abundance of precious ores and minerals and everything. It doesn't make sense. And then he's like, oh, and we built a temple like the one of Solomon, but we couldn't use as many precious things. So do you have them or don't you have them, Nephi? Which one is it? <laughs> I reckon Smitty must have taken a short break after 15 and forgotten what he yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Suddenly these things are not so abundant. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. For they were not to be found upon the land, wherefore it could not be built like unto Solomon's temple. <laughs> but the manner of construction was like unto the temple of Solomon, and the workmanship thereof was exceedingly fine. Right. So the manner of construction was like it, mm. and it was exceedingly fine construction, but it wasn't the precious things. Mm, okay. Because they couldn't find them on the land, even though the previous verse, they said that the precious ores were in abundance. I think Nephi was just being 
being cheap. Yeah, I, I, maybe he was stashing the precious stuff for himself, you know? Like, oh, he was using them to make plates. That's what it was. He's like, hey, we can't put gold on the temple. I'm too busy chiseling into these plates. I need, I need all the gold <laughs> I can find for these plates because, you know, I, although I'm abridging it and not writing much, I'm writing a shitload of stuff. Yeah, he's Nephiing it up. Yeah, <laughs> he's Nephiing the hell out of it. All right, take it away. 17. Come on, baby. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did cause my people to be industrious and to labour with their hands. What? On your penis? (laughs) I I thought the church discouraged self-pleasure, but anyway. Verse 18. And it came to pass that they would that I should be their king. They would that I should be their king. That's a weird way to say that. Mm. But I, Nephi, was desirous that they should have no king, never. Nevertheless, I did for them according to that which was in my power. Because <laughs> he's such a nice, humble guy, you know? Like, Yeah. If you really want me to tell you what to do, I'll tell you what to do. <laughs> don't call me your king. I'm just a dude. But, you know, do what I tell you to do. <laughs> and behold, the words of the Lord had been fulfilled unto my brethren, which he spake concerning them that I should be their ruler and their teacher, wherefore I had been their ruler and their teacher. According to the commandments of the Lord. But not a king. Ah, just a ruler. So he teaches them, he rules them, he tells them what to do, he tells them what the Lord's commandments are, they name themselves after him, they name their city after him, but no, don't call him a king. (laughs) We can't have a king, we can't have a ruler, not going to happen. Until the time they sought to take away my life. Oh. oh, again? Oh, so are new people trying to take away his life? Who's trying to take away his life now? I don't know. I guess we're going to find out. Ooh. Oh, no, maybe he's talking about the old people he used to try to rule over, the Lamanites. Ah, they're coming back again. No, no, he's saying he was their ruler and their king until they tried to kill him and then he pissed off. Ah, I think maybe. that's what he's referring to. Wherefore? The word of the Lord was fulfilled, which he spake unto me, saying that inasmuch as they will not hearken unto thy words, they shall be cut off from the presence of the Lord. And behold, they were cut off from his presence. Oh, there you go. Just like he said. How do you tell if someone's cut off from the presence of the Lord, though? Don't they look exactly the same? Yeah. How do you tell? Oh, we're about to find out how you tell. Uh, Oh, Oh. they don't look exactly the same, do they? Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay. And caused the cursing to come upon them. Yay. Yeah. Even a sore cursing because of their iniquity. For behold, they had hardened their hearts against him, that they had become like unto a flint. Wherefore, as they were white and exceedingly fair and delightsome, that they might not be enticing unto my people, the Lord did cause a skin of blackness to come upon them. Wow, wow, wow. So obey God and you are white and delightsome. Turn against God and he makes them black so that they don't look good to the good people. And this must be where that phrase comes from, that whole delightsome thing, because I'm sure I've heard that amongst Mormon circles before. White and delightsome comes up a lot. As people make fun of it. (laughs) Yes. Fair and delightsome. So verse 22. Yep. And thus saith 
the Lord God, I will cause that they shall be loathsome unto thy people, save they shall repent of their iniquities, which was upon them they did become an idle people, full of mischief and subtlety, and did seek in the wilderness for beasts of prey. So, weren't they already hunting animals anyway? Well, I think Nephi has already said earlier that there was an abundance of animals that they were able to use to eat. But now he's saying they did become an idle people full of mischief and subtlety and did seek in the wilderness for beasts of prey. Yeah. Hang on. The eating animals thing was like what they were doing. And now he's saying that the bad people were doing it because they were lazy. But Nephi's already said that there was an abundance of animals for them to eat. Yeah. Actually, I think um, I skipped a whole chunk there because I'd accidentally pasted something over the top of the Leave it. It's in the scriptures now. That's how it is. Ah, oh, shit. Um, okay, let me just rip through that again. So I, I started at 22, didn't I? Yeah. I really messed that up. I don't think I read the mixeth part. <sighs> yeah, we got to mix it. we got to talk about the mixeth. Yeah. Shit. And thus saith the Lord God, I will cause that they shall be loathsome unto thy people, save they shall repent of their iniquities. 23. And cursed shall be the seed of him that mixeth with their seed. For they shall be cursed even with the same cursing, and the Lord spake it, and it was done. And because of their cursing, which was upon them, they did become an idle people. See, this is where I finished off before. Full of mischief and subtlety, and did seek in the wilderness for beasts of prey. Okay, it says that they were all white and delightsome, but then in order to tell the good people from the bad people, God did cause a skin of blackness to come upon them. Then he says not only are they black, but they are loathsome. And then (laughs) he says that if any of the good people, the white people, breed with the black people, that they will also be cursed and they will also become black. And because they are black, they are idle and full of mischief and subtlety. So basically what he's saying here is good people white, wholesome, delightful, bad people black, lazy, and idle. Oh, Smitty, so racist. They must have had so much trouble trying to reverse that back in the 70s, whenever it was. Well, that's the thing. This is still in the book. This is still in the book. Okay, they try to reason around it now by saying it was just their countenance was bright. It wasn't a literal colour change. Oh, just their countenance. (laughs) But, I mean, it says it right there, the exact words. Yeah, it's pretty clear. So it's either the Book of Mormon is the Word of God or it isn't. (laughs) If it is the Word of God, then you are to believe every word in it and you are to believe that bad people are black because that is what it says. And we no longer have the original reformed Egyptian to go back to and Ah, and sort of retranslate it. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) I mean, maybe Joseph Smith misunderstood it. Maybe it said that they like black licorice and that was it, you know? But can't for the life (laughs) me figure out why any person of colour would ever join this church after seeing that. Hmm. You know what's funny too? Like he just called them idle, but I don't know. I know a lot of idle white people too. Have you ever been to Logan? (laughs) (laughs) We used to debate in church exactly who the curse counted for, okay? Oh. Which non-white people did the curse count for? 
Because it says that, you know, you don't breed with the black people, the evil people. Right, it says not to mix. That's right. So there was a thing in the church, an unwritten doctrine in the church for ages, that you weren't meant to breed with people of other races. So even, you know, 30, 40 years ago, and I encountered this on my mission in in Japan because there were some cases of, like, American guys married Japanese girls or whatever. Oh, that happens all the time. But they were told their marriage wasn't valid because they were marrying someone of a different race and the Lord didn't approve it because of these verses. But then the other thing was, you know, which black people counted, okay, because the church converted a lot of Polynesian people, you know, 100 or so years ago. And so they kind of adapted, like, oh, no, no, when we say black people, we don't mean Polynesians, we mean Africans. Oh. Because we want to convert whole islands of Polynesians and get their tithing money. So, no, 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 you guys don't count. And it's odd, too, because Africans weren't Native Americans. Exactly. And Native Americans (laughs) aren't black-skinned. No. And they went to the Native Americans with this and said, hey, here's a record of your ancestry and people. Uh, anyway, all right, I could go on for hours, but where, where the fuck are we up to? Up to uh, 25, aren't we? And the Lord said unto me, they shall be a scourge unto thy seed to stir them up in remembrance of me. And inasmuch as they will not remember me and hearken unto my words, they shall shall scourge them even unto destruction. (laughs) And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did consecrate Jacob and Joseph that they should be priests and teachers over the land. So here we go again. He's not the king. He's not the ruler, but he's telling people what to do. He likes it. A sudden massive subject change. He's like, yeah, God made the bad people black and the good people white. Anyway, I made Joseph and Jacob priests. Yeah, maybe run along. Yeah. <laughs> and it came to pass that we lived after the manner of happiness. So again, what, what does he say? And it came to pass we lived after the manner of happiness. All he had to say was we were happy. Three words. Yeah, that's, that's really weird. He keeps talking about needing to not waste space on the plates. Yet he will say, and it came to us that we lived after the manner of happiness. What manner of happiness? What is that? What does that even mean? All he says, we were happy. He just had to Nephi it. Yeah. yeah. And he's Nephiing the shit out of this. Okay. And 30 years had passed away from the time we left Jerusalem. <laughs> he must be so fucking old now. Yeah. And I, Nephi, had kept the records upon my plates. Oh, he wrote in his diary every day, Paul. Oh, he did. <laughs> Dear diary, today my big brothers made fun of me, so I made them black. <laughs> Do you reckon he had one of those locking keys on his diary as well? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I reckon his diary had a picture of a unicorn on the front of it, you know, to protect (laughs) his words from other people. You know, the unicorn was defending them. And it came to pass that the Lord God said unto me, make other plates. What? More plates. Hang on. What the fuck? You don't need more plates, dude. So, So what are these ones meant to be about? And thou shalt engraven many things upon them. Duh. Which are good in my sight. Duh! For the profit of thy people. He likes profit. Oh, absolutely. Uh, before I comment further, let, let's see if we get some clarification what these plates are for. So, wherefore I, Nephi, to be obedient to the commandments of the Lord, went and made these plates upon which I have engraven these things. And I engrave that which is pleasing unto God. <sighs> and if my people are pleased with the things of God, they will be pleased with mine engravings which are upon these plates. That's just fleshing out that first paragraph that I read. And if my people desire to know the more particular part of the history of my people, they must search mine other place. But hang on. 
What other plates? Has he got three sets of plates? Yeah, because he, he's already said he's got he's got the <laughs> plates that are the history. He's got the plates that are more about the commandments of God and and the prophecies. And now he's got a third set, which is apparently the things that please God. So we've got three sets of plates. He's nephying the shit out of all three. That's crazy. Ah, why? Ah, so, 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 so God said to him, make a third set of plates. It's all about what makes me happy. That's pretty much what he's saying here. The, he's putting on these plates the things that are pleasing to God. What's on there, do you think? Is it like, okay, God, he likes a good ham and cheese sandwich. God likes a bit of BDSM. God likes to dress like a gimp and use banana as a safety word. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he likes to set up Earth like its big brother, I think. Yeah. And God yeah. likes that. From our discussion with him on our Patreon. And we'll, we'll have to ask him what exactly were on these plates about things that are pleasing to God. Yeah. Now, poor Nephi, I mean, he's having to chisel into three sets of plates now. Yeah. Mm. Uh. Maybe God's just seeing what his limit is. How many sets of plates can I make this guy right before he's yeah. sort of like, yeah, well, look at that. <laughs> And it sufficeth me to say that 40 years had passed away and we had already had wars and contentions with our brethren. So hang on. He just covered 10 years in like one verse. Yeah. Yet it's taken two whole fucking books to cover the first 30 years. <laughs> and nothing happened. <laughs> and nothing happened. <laughs> Let's get through chapter 6 and see if our brains are still functioning well enough to go into another uh, one. Let's do All it. Right. Let's do it, Brother Paul. Okay, let's roll. The words of Jacob, the brother of Nephi, which he spake unto the people of Nephi. Okay. All right. Behold, my beloved brethren. Again, no mention of sisters. No. <laughs> He's talking to the brothers, even though we have established that sisters were there. I, Jacob, having been called of God and ordained after the manner of his holy order. <laughs> what holy order? And having been consecrated by my Brother Nephi, unto whom ye look as a king, but he's not really a king, or a protector, and on whom ye depend for safety. Oh, he keeps them all safe single-handedly. Behold, ye know that I have spoken unto you exceedingly many things. Nevertheless, I speak unto you again, for I am desirous, mm. sounds just like Nephi, for the welfare of your souls. Yay. Yay! <laughs> Mine anxiety is great for you. Oh, I think his whole family has too much anxiety. And ye yourselves know that it ever has been. Ever has been. Do you mean that he's just always been anxious for them? Well, duh. Probably, I don't know. I've given up trying to understand what this fuck is saying, quite frankly. <laughs> For I have exhorted you with all diligence, and I have taught you the words of my father. You mean Lehi. And I have spoken unto you concerning all things which are written from the creation of the world. So Jacob's a total douchebag now, too. Pretty much. He's just said, I've done all of this cool shit. Yeah, yeah. Just like Brother Nephi told me. <laughs> and now behold, I would speak unto you concerning things which are and which are to come. 
Wherefore, I will read you the words of Isaiah. Oh, please don't. Oh, Christ, <laughs> not again. <laughs> and they are the words which my brother has desired that I should speak unto you. And I speak unto you for your sakes, that ye may learn and glorify the name of your God. And now the words which I shall read are they which Isaiah spake concerning all the house of Israel. Wherefore, they may be likened unto you, for ye are of the house of Israel. And there are many things which have been spoken by Isaiah, which may be likened unto you, because ye are of the house of Israel. <laughs> Stick a fork in me, I'm done. <laughs> Where's God and um, We've now got Jacob being like Nephi and repeating the same thing over and over again. Oh. Isaiah was from the house of Israel. You guys are from the house of Israel, so what Isaiah had to say might relate to you. Oh. But instead he's like, now they speak concerning the house of Israel. You are of the house of Israel. We may be likened to the house of Israel. Did you hear about the house of Israel? I'm going to tell you about the house of Israel. Here we go with the house of Israel. Shut the fuck up. I just hate the way he uses the word likened. Likened. Yeah. <laughs> Who says that? Uh, <laughs> uh, likening your brains out on this one, I tell you. All right, verse 6. And now these are the words. Okay, so finally after telling us that he's going to quote the words of Isaiah because of the house of Israel and you're the house of Israel and we're all the house of Israel. Israel, house of Israel. Israel, house of Israel. The house of Israel is a little place where we can liken ourselves. <laughs> Hang on, I should do this in the voice of the guy from the B-52s. Let's see if I can do this, okay? <laughs> and now these are the words. Thus saith the Lord, behold, I will lift up mine hand to the Gentiles and set my standard to the people, and they shall bring thy sons in their arms, and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders. Israel, house of Israel. That's really good, Paul. That's such a good impersonation. House of Israel. House of Israel, baby. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I think after this episode, there might be cause for you to read it like that the whole time. <laughs> Israel, House of Israel. Anyway, over to you. Uh, what verse am I up to? Verse 7, baby. <laughs> and kings shall be thy nursing fathers. What? Yeah, I don't get it. Nursing fathers? Yeah, boys don't have milk. <laughs> we can cradle babies. We, we can look after them. Well, it gets queerer because he's talking about queens after that and they're queens, thy nursing mothers. Well, at least that's a little more believable. They dress like women. Yeah, but most queens have like the nannies that breastfeed their kids and stuff, you know, like they don't usually do it um. themselves. At least not in this time, um, you know, maybe now. I was referring more to drag queens. Oh, <laughs> well, they don't have milk in their titties either. If you milk them, it'll be a different area. Yeah, it's not really what you want. And you, and you don't want to be giving that to your kids, quite frankly. No, no. No, no don't, don't do that. No. That's, that's bad. Definitely don't do that. That's not the protein you're after. <laughs> It's so cool that we make this ourselves because there is like no podcast flat thing out there that would allow that would like 
Oh, let no. the, there's no way this will slip through the senses through any other media. No, 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 that's right. If we were, like, on mainstream radio, we would so be cancelled by this point. And that's right. And, look, if they ever kick us off, Apple or whatever, that's okay. You can still just get the RSS from our website, stick it in your podcast. And Patreon. Player. Help us with and our Patreon. inappropriate humour on Patreon. And if they kick us off, we can always get away, OnlyFans. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's always OnlyFans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> OnlyFans, baby. OnlyFans. Check my OnlyFans with nudes. OnlyFans. Oh, my God. <laughs> If you had said to me 30 years ago that one day I'll be reading Second Nephi while impersonating the B-52s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would have made seminary so much more fun. I was just saying something similar to Christy. I forget what it was, but it was something to do with this podcast. This has been just one of the best experiences I've had in a long time, Paul. Seriously. Oh. Thank you, and you can subscribe to my OnlyFans to thank me further. To get more of this body. To get more of this wonderful life experience, <laughs> subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> and their queens, thy nursing mothers, Seaman Carla. There we go. They shall bow down to thee with their faces towards the earth and lick up the dust of thy feet. And thou shalt know that I and the Lord, for they shall not be ashamed that wait for me. Okay, why would we be ashamed for waiting for you? Well, we've been waiting a really long fucking time, quite frankly. Well, they should be ashamed, <laughs> shouldn't they? <laughs> I mean, come on, it's been a couple thousand years, Jesus. Are you coming back or what? <laughs> All right. I mean, Jesus Christ, Jesus. Yeah, uh, yeah well, we can only wait for so long, dude. Come on. The party's nearly over. And now I, Jacob, would speak somewhat concerning these words. Oh, he's going to rehash them. For behold, the Lord has shown me that those who were at Jerusalem from whence we came have been slain and carried away captive. So he doesn't know for sure. He's just assuming that everything Lehi was scared of happened and is now just telling it. Now, hang on a second again. We've mentioned this before. Is there any record of the Jews being killed and taken away captive, you know, like back in ancient times? Only in their own record, which is the Bible, which is not a record of anything. There's nothing ever from the Bible that's really been proven by archaeological evidence. Is he saying that the Lord has shown me that something has happened that didn't actually happen? Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. That must make him a false prophet. Uh, probably so. Satan speaking to him. <sighs> probably so. Because then if you, if you look in the footnotes for it, okay. Oh, there's footnotes? Yeah, yeah. You, ah. Apparently in Esther, chapter 2, verse 6, it makes a similar, well, it mentions Jerusalem. But then the other cross-references it has here are all for books from the Book of Mormon. So it's pretty much just saying there are other chapters in this book where we prophesy about this thing happening that there's no record anywhere else of having actually happened. It's using itself to prove itself. Does that mean it's self-evident? Mm. Not really. Well, it's very self, not much evidence. Nevertheless, the Lord has shown unto me that they should return again. 
okay, what to Israel, and he also has shown unto me that the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, yes, should manifest himself unto them in the flesh. Mm-hmm. And after he should manifest himself, they should scourge him and crucify him according to the words of the angel who spoke it unto me. Oh, so there you go. Oh, this guy's seeing things again in his sleep. Again, this is proof that the Book of Mormon is true because, you know, hundreds of years before Jesus, Jacob and Nephi are seeing visions that say that Jesus is going to be crucified in a few hundred years. And they said it so much more clearly than it was ever in the Old Testament. Exactly. I mean, they used the words crucify. It's amazing. It never came up in the Old Testament that the Messiah would be crucified. The Book of Mormon must be true. Did they even know what crucifixion was 500 years before the Romans? I don't know, but the book translated 1,800 years after it had already happened. It says that 600 years before it happened, they prophesied it happening. <laughs> oh, I think it's your go. First 10. And after they have hardened their hearts and stiffened their necks. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, 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 I have to laugh when the words hardened and stiffened are both in the same sentence. I'm sorry, I am immature. I bet Smitty was rock hard while he was saying this. He couldn't wait to grab Emma later and just get a little bit of it on, you know? Behold, the judgments of the Holy One of Israel shall come upon them, and the day cometh that they shall be smitten and afflicted. (laughs) Not just smitten, not just afflicted, but both. That's some pretty serious shit. It's a double trouble. Wherefore, after they are driven to and fro, for thus saith the angel, many shall be afflicted in the flesh and shall not be suffered to perish because of the prayers of the faithful. They shall be scattered and smitten and hated. Nevertheless, the Lord will be merciful unto them. Oh, so merciful. <laughs> that when they shall come to the knowledge of their Redeemer, they shall be gathered together again in the lands of their inheritance. What the fuck? He's going to do all of this horrible shit to them, but God is so merciful. I think we're establishing here that Jacob had the same mental disorder as Nephi. And Lehi. Yeah. And blessed are the Gentiles, they of whom the prophet has written, for behold, if it so be that they shall repent and fight not against Zion and do not unite themselves to that great and abominable church, I'll run to that again. That's the Roman Catholics. They shall be saved. For the Lord God will fulfill his covenants, which he has made unto his children. And for this cause, the prophet has written these things. <sighs> he's talking about the church like everyone knows what he's talking about. But this was before there was any Christian church ever. He hasn't mentioned the great and abominable church for a little while. So I guess, yeah, he had to remind everybody about the stuff he wrote earlier and then sort of tie it all in together. With a whole new prophet. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Wherefore, they that fight against Zion and the covenant people of the Lord shall lick up the dust off of their feet. Oh, we're on to feet dust licking again. (laughs) And the people of the Lord shall not be ashamed. Yeah, we said that earlier, moving on. (sighs) For the people of the Lord are they who wait for him. Yes, for they still wait for the coming of the Messiah. And we're still waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And we're still waiting for some content in this book. Mm. And behold, according to the words of the prophet, 
Which prophet? The Messiah will send himself again the second time. Just, hang on, hang on. <laughs> a couple of verses ago, he said an angel was telling this to Nephi and Jacob, and now he's saying according to the words of the prophet. Who's telling him this stuff? Is it an angel or is it a prophet? It can't be both. <laughs> it's like in the one chapter, he's forgetting who it is he's talking about. <laughs> is it an angel or is it or a prophet? prophet? <laughs> I've got me a prophet, it's as big as an angel and... Oh my God. The Messiah will set himself again the second time to recover them, wherefore he will manifest himself unto them in power and great glory. <laughs> uh... Last time I tried that, I was arrested for indecent exposure. <laughs> yeah. Manifest my power and my great glory. Unto the destruction of their enemies, when that day cometh all over your face. Bukake! When they shall believe in him, and none will he destroy that believe in him. Oh, that's nice. Oh, good What does believe in him mean? Does it mean that you believe he exists, or does it mean that you like him? Probably a bit of both. I mean, you, you got to believe he exists, and you got to believe the stuff that he says. <laughs> they kind of go together. You could believe everything that he says and believe he existed, but still hate him. Good point. This is why I think the whole believe in Jesus and you'll be saved. That's such a silly phrase. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I can believe in what he said, but still think he's a prick. Yeah. Just believe. Just believe. I can't believe that Jesus existed, though. No. I don't think he ever walked the earth, to be completely honest. He was a composite character of lots of different gods kind of combined. Definitely the stories about him were. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like Mithra and all of that horse yeah, shit. Yeah, absolutely. And But the gods before him were cooler. They were, weren't they? Yeah, who do I want to save my soul, Jesus or Thor? Thor, goddammit, he was the cool one. The Greeks were better storytellers. Exactly. Let me ask this, okay? Is Jesus one of the Avengers? No. Why? Because he sucks. He is one of the super friends, though, on South Park. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't show Muhammad. No, 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 for, for, for legal reasons. Not so much legal reasons. For being shot in the head reasons. That's right. It wasn't for legal reasons. Look, you imagine you know, the Avengers, you know, out, out comes Loki, <gasps> out comes Black Widow, out comes Thor, and then Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, she was like, guys, 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 don't fight the bad guys. Love them. <laughs> Love them to death. And then Iron Man's just like, fuck you. <laughs> guys, we've tried defeating the bad guys. Let's just love them and turn our other cheek. <laughs> uh, verse 15. And they that believe not in him shall be destroyed, both by fire and by tempest and by earthquakes and by bloodshed. Hang on. He said both by fire and tempest. But then he adds earthquakes and bloodsheds and by pestilence and by famine. They shall know the Lord is the God, the Holy One of Israel. That's a hell of a lot of disasters. Okay, so that's not both. Okay, so both means two, two alone. Ah. So you can say both by fire and tempest, but then you have to end by then adding and by earthquakes and by bloodshed and by pestilence. Yeah. That is not both, that is multiple things. And also grammar. You learn in grade four English that if you're going to list a whole bunch of things together, you don't need to keep saying and this, and this, and this. You just put a comma. Yeah. So it would be by fire, huh. tempest, earthquakes, bloodshed. But no, no, he's like, and by, and by, and by. This is grammatically just shithouse. If you submitted this 
to your fourth grade teacher, she would fail you on the grammar, quite frankly. Yeah. She'd say, you're nephying it and yeah. stop doing it. <laughs> Stop nephying your assignments, patience, okay? And just, you know, be more concise and grammatically correct. If anyone ever writes about the Book of Mormon, it has to be more succinct than just the Book of Mormon, mm. which stands to reason why as Sister Rhonda tries to keep the actual story in her mind as she's writing her fan fiction, mm. she looked up this blog post by this dude who wrote a summary of the first bit of the book. Oh, really? <laughs> That's not actually the Book of Mormon. <laughs> Verse 16, for shall the prey be taken from the mighty or the lawful captive delivered, question mark? <laughs> what is the question there exactly? I don't for know. For shall the prey be taken from the mighty or the lawful captive delivered, question mark? I don't understand the question. I guess he's not sure. You got to go up with the question, see? The prey be taken from the mighty or the lawful captive delivered? An upward inclination because it is a question. Do you have an upward infliction? But I'm not really sure what that's got to do with anything, hey, like taking prey from the mighty. He's thrown in a question that's not a question. But it sounds like it should be in a holy book, doesn't it? <sighs> God damn you, Smitty, I want to punch you in the face. Oh, that should be a line of merch, a Smitty pillow yeah. where you can just punch the shit out of yes. him. Yes, Smitty punching bag, just get his face on the bag and just... <laughs> And since we don't know what he really looks like, we could use that artist impression that I made up that was on that can of beer. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's what he really looked like. That, that, that was definitely him. That was accurate. Uh, okay. But thus saith the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away, and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For the mighty God, sorry everybody, take a drink, I'm yawning. Take a drink at home. For the mighty God shall deliver his covenant people. For thus saith the Lord, I will contend with them that contendeth with thee. Um. I haven't seen God contend in anything. I mean, I would love to see Jesus come down and contend in a fight. I really would. In Job, he kind of contended with Satan. Yeah, that was God. Yeah, they had a bit of a bet, but that was more like a drunken weekend. It was like, yeah, let's see what we can get this fucking to do. They were both messing with humanity. Yeah, but in this one, you know, Jesus contended with the people that contendeth with thee. I want to see the day where if someone picks a fight with me, Jesus comes down from heaven, puts up his jukes, and he's like, you want to get him, you have to get through me. <laughs> Jesus MMA. <laughs> yes, exactly. UFC Jesus, goddammit. The most we know that he can do is flip tables. Exactly. And he wasn't, yeah, I mean, flip tables. He'll flip tables on a bitch, but can he take anyone down? We know that he could take a beating. He can take a beating. Oh. But we don't know if he can actually fight back. And quite frankly, if someone is contending with me, I don't want someone coming along who is just going to take the beating. No. I mean, sure, I could run away while he's getting beaten. Yeah. It's not going to save me from danger. It's just going to temporarily postpone it. Muhammad Ali apparently used to let his opponents just tie themselves out. He'd take the beating early on and then he'd just be waiting. After he'd taken all the beating and they were tired, he'd then just, like, knock him out or something. There was a Simpsons episode based on that as well, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, Homer just sits there and lets people punch him until they get tired from punching and then he just nudges them over. Ah. Maybe that's how Jesus will win then. So he will let the bad people beat him until they're out of energy. Oh. And then we can just walk in when the other guys are out of energy and just be like, whoop, and we win the fight. I like it. Okay. Yeah. All right, there you go. Jesus is Homer Simpson. Jesus serves a purpose. He will take the beating <laughs> for us so we don't have to, and then we can win the fight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I will feed them that oppress thee with their own flesh. 
Huh? This is kind of gruesome. Ah, uh, they're doing that thing again. Jesus is going to make bad people eat themselves. It's not eat a dick, it's eat your own dick. Jesus got suddenly just really fucking morbid. <laughs> and they shall be drunken with their own blood as with sweet wine. And all flesh shall know that I, the Lord, am thy saviour and the redeemer, the mighty one of Jacob. The God who said, love one another and do good to others is now saying, I will feed them with their own flesh and make them get drunk on their own blood. He is suddenly getting very silence of the lambs here. And, yeah. God is not nice guys. I've come across people in my life I don't like, admittedly. I've come across people who have treated me like shit. Yeah, you have. But I haven't at any stage thought, I want to see you eat yourself and get drunk on your own blood. No, that's kind of next level, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yes. It's like, we don't like each other, let's part ways. Yeah, you know, I won't talk to you again, I'll catch off, that's all fine. Yeah. So really, anybody who makes fun of Mormons, the Mormon should be saying, go and eat yourself and get drunk on your own blood. Yeah, chop off your foot and eat it. Yeah, yeah. That'll make you lose some weight. Go and eat yourself <laughs> and drink yourself, motherfucker, because Jesus said so. Eat yourself, Slim. <laughs> this is a very smarty God chapter, actually, isn't it? Because he's talking about destroying yeah. people with blood and fire and, and earthquakes and pestilence. And he's like, yeah, then once I've set the earthquakes and the pestilence, I'm then going to make them eat themselves and then they're going to get drunk on their own blood. And <laughs> I'm God, motherfuckers. If we ever talk to God again, we'll have to get him to bring this up because I haven't seen anybody ever eat themselves or get drunk on their own blood. But clearly, this needs to happen. We need God to come good on this. I think God's a fan of this sort of shit, and that just makes me hate him even more. Ah, ah. Yeah. Kind of a morbid note to, to end the chapter on, really, isn't it? Well, we could read chapter 7. It's only 11 verses long. Let's read the 11 verses, and let's see if it leaves a slightly nicer taste in our mouth rather than thinking about people eating themselves and drinking their own blood. Okay, we're in for a bit of a struggle for the next few verses, okay? I'll warn you now. Oh, why is that? Because this is just Joseph Smith's straight-up plagiarising Isaiah. Oh. Because if you look in the chapter heading here, it says compare Isaiah 50, which is Mormon talk for rip-off of Isaiah 50. He did Isaiah 49 last time, so basically he's just going for the next chapter. Yeah, yeah so we've got 50 coming up and then 51. First nine gives us a break, but he will get back to quoting more Isaiah later. Last week I did a comparison of uh, 1 Nephi, whatever it was, and Isaiah 49, yeah. and they are very similar, but it's interesting where they they're different. Yes. I actually compared them using the computer. I'm trying to figure out the best way to display the differences so that it's easy for people to see, kind of like an infographic. Yes. And when I do, I'll post it. And I might do the same for this because I find that very, very interesting. Yes, yes. Well, see, the Mormons claim that it's proof that Joseph Smith was a prophet because he has translated the more correct version of Isaiah. Okay. Yeah, I don't think so. So Nephi and Jacob in this case were quoting from the correct version of Isaiah that was written before the people changed the words in the Bible accordingly. Uh, I think it's just Joseph Smith was reading out of a hat and he couldn't remember exactly what Isaiah said. Ah, oh, totally. Yeah, yep. that's it. Anyway, <laughs> on that, for those unfamiliar with the scriptures, Isaiah is one of the most mind-numbing books in the entire Bible. <laughs> oh, it's bizarre. It really the is. The dude was tripping balls, okay? <laughs> but 
a lot of Christian scholars like, oh, he was so profound and so prophetic and he was talking oh, messianically really and, and everything he says could have two or three different meanings because it's so layered and no. in depth and he was so in touch with the spirit. No, the dude was tripping balls. Yeah. If you're in a place where mushrooms are legal, <laughs> chew on a couple of mushrooms now before we read this and it's going to make more sense for you, okay? Just a little tip. But for us, we can't take mushrooms. We're going to have to just sit through this. <laughs> but I have taken my doctor prescribed meds for the day that make me happy and make me awesome. So that's cool. Oh, there you go. We'll see if they help with understanding what the fuck Isaiah's talking about. On that note, sister patience, take it away. Yeah. yeah. For thus saith the Lord, have I put thee away, or have I cast thee off forever? For thus saith the Lord, where is the bill of your mother's divorcement? <laughs> my my mum's not divorced. <laughs> She's been happily married for 50 years. What the, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Actually, your parents are some of the most longest married people I know. Yeah. I think they actually still like each other too, don't they? Yeah, sometimes. You know, they have their moments. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah. Well, if you can still like each other, that's a really good start. Yes. Yeah, I think they're 50 years next year. Sorry, Isaiah, you're not going to see the bill of my mother's divorcement. It's not going to happen, okay? <laughs> Maybe the 50th year will be the year that they try polyamory, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure after 50 years, nothing works. There's no blue pills available that can resurrect that one from the dead. Oh, I don't know. To whom have I put thee away, or to which of my creditors have I sold you? Yay! To whom have I sold you? He just asked it again. Shouldn't you know if you <laughs> sold something? Yeah. You should know who you sold it to, especially if you're selling a person. What is this, cash converters? <laughs> Are we endorsing human trafficking here? We're endorsing selling people and then forgetting who you sold the people to? It sounds like it. Mmm. Oh, dear. My size human trafficking ring. Okay, carry on. <laughs> Behold, for your iniquities have ye sold yourselves, and for your transgressions is your mother put away. So you're <laughs> going to sell my mother because of shit I did. Don't sell my mother. She hasn't done anything. It was me. I did it. Don't bring my mum into this. Don't you go talking about my mama, Isaiah, because your mama. Yeah, let me tell you about your mama, Isaiah. You don't want to know what I did to your mama, Isaiah, okay? You know what? We could use the Urim and Thummim. I could talk to Isaiah and you could go back and experience life in his time and you could go and speak to his mother. Mm. Or do whatever you'd like. Mm. If she's also willing. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, do whatever we want with each other's mothers according to this. So, yeah, okay. There's a MILF fantasy for you. <laughs> yeah, the Isaiah MILF mm. fantasy. Wherefore, when I came, <laughs> there was no man. <laughs> Your mama was there. (laughs) (laughs) And he would have preferred a man. Yeah. All right. All right. We're cool. We're cool. We're cool. Calm down. Okay. When I called, yay, there was none to answer. (laughs) When he called for a man. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. He came. There was no man. He called. There was no answer. Okay. Oh, 
this gets better. Oh, house of Israel, is my hand shortened at all that it cannot redeem? <laughs> or have I no power to deliver? What? They've shortened his hand, Paul, so that he stops playing with himself. So there was no man, he called, there was no answer, and his hand is suddenly shorter. Yeah, it seems like the size of his hand is directly related to how much he's able to rebuke people or something. Is that what they call it these days? Okay. Getting a good rebuking. Yeah, yeah. A good well, next time you're looking at Pornhub, you're having a good rebuking. Behold, at my rebuke, I dry up <laughs> the scene. <laughs> Every single sentence is a sexual innuendo. I'm loving this. I make their rivers a wilderness and their fish to stink <laughs> because the waters are dried up and they die because of thirst. That's not a couple of sentences to put on your Tinder profile. No. <laughs> I will dry up the sea and make the rivers a wilderness and the fish stink. Come to me, ladies. I clothe the heavens with blackness and I make sackcloth their covering. Uh, what? What? No, Isaiah was very prophetic and wise. <laughs> it's like every sentence isn't related at all to the sentence before it. That first makes me think that he held up some porous material to the sun and saw the light coming through the holes and was referring to that as stars. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned. Oh, I beg to differ. That I should know how to speak a word in season unto thee, O house of Israel. When ye are weary, he waketh morning by morning, he waketh mine ear to hear as the learned. Oh, I think they made a mistake. It wasn't waketh, it's wanketh. <laughs> He wanketh morning by morning. He wanketh mine ear to hear as the learned. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be wanking into somebody's ear. That's just going to like cause like your know, whole kind of uh, eardrum issue thing. Yeah, no, it gives you an eargasm. <laughs> Possible ear infection by, by doing that, I think. Yeah, yeah. that's probably more yeah, likely. Okay. Yeah. The Lord God has opened mine ear. He sure has, with his divine rod. And I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. I gave my back to the smiter <laughs> and my cheeks <laughs> and then plucked <laughs> off the hair. <laughs> this is now basically just describing a BDSM session. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I like some kinky shit, man. Yeah, I gave my back to the smiter and my cheeks to the ones who plucked off my hair. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, pluck my hair, baby. Oh, oh yeah, pluck my hair. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, smite my cheeks. Smite my cheeks. I hid not my face from shame and spit. <laughs> oh, yeah, spit on me, baby. Spit on me, huh? <laughs> Isaiah, you kinky motherfucker. I know, right? Over to you, verse 7. <laughs> For the Lord God will help me. He's going to join in, you see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. What's with the flint references? Yeah, I don't get it. Like flint is for starting fires, right? Yeah. I didn't understand what he said in the second last chapter when he said that at the end either. I don't know. I, I, I give. I, I, I'm not even going to try to understand this shit. <laughs> Have you noticed when we were reading Just Smitty, 
It was much easier to make fun of, but now that we've started reading the Bible... Now that we're quoting fucking Isaiah, it's like, yeah, this is just next level <laughs> crazy, man. Jesus, all right, keep going, come on. And the Lord is near, and he justifieth me. Who will contend with me? Let us stand together. Who is mine adversary? Let him come near me. <laughs> <laughs> Not come on me, just come near me. It gets better, read the next line. <laughs> And I will smite him with the strength of my mouth. <laughs> For the Lord God will help me, and all they who shall condemn me. Behold, all they shall wax old as a garment, and the moth shall eat them up. Well, that didn't sound dirty. No. Not like the last one, smiting someone with his mouth. I mean, come on. Nah. Come near me and let me smite you with my mouth. <laughs> Uh, it's just me again, isn't it? Yep. Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? I don't know. Who is it? Ooh. <laughs> is it Wally? I bet it's Wally. We've been looking for Wally for years. Yeah, where's Wally? Behold, all ye that kindle fire, that compass yourselves. <laughs> kindle fire? So I don't have a Kindle, but. Got the app on my phone. Behold, all ye that kindle fire, that compass yourselves about with sparks, walk in the light of your fire, and in the Sparks, which ye hath kindled, this shall ye have of mine hand, ye shall lie down in sorrow. What the fuck? That's so weird. So is having a Kindle a good thing or a bad thing? I'm unsure. Uh, that doesn't mean anything. Because he's like, hang on, be the voice in the darkness. His servant walketh in darkness and hath no light. Behold, all ye that kindle fire, the compass with your sparks, walk in the light, your fire and the sparks which ye have kindled. This ye shall have mine hand. Ye shall lay down in sorrow. That doesn't mean anything, Paul. That's just the craziest shit ever. He's like, on the one hand saying you need to be the light, but if you are the light, you you will have sorrow, you're kindling and waxing old, you're, oh, fuck me. <laughs> this shall ye have of mind, hand, ye shall lie down in sorrow. Oh, Isaiah, go smite yourself in someone's mouth. Yeah, you go. <laughs> go and have someone pluck that back hair of yours there, Isaiah, and go and have a lie down. And that butt hair. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of any positive way to try to end that because that's just a miserable verse. Let's just uh, try to end on a light note and to try to make this fun. <laughs> Why don't I try to sing that again as the B-52s guy? Oh, yes, the Kindle Fire episode. Do it. Behold, all ye Kindle Fire, that compass yourselves around with sparks. Walk in the light of your fire in the sparks which ye have kindled. This shall ye have time this shall ye have of mine hand, ye shall lie down in sorrow. This shall ye have mine hand, ye shall lie down in sorrow. The artist known as Brother Paul. Oh, uh, there we go. We've ended it on a light note. We've covered a lot tonight, though, okay? We've covered racism. We have. We've covered sexism. We've covered why you shouldn't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and we've learned a little bit about kink and BDSM. So we've got, this is the podcast <gasps> with it all. There is nothing we don't cover That's here right. on the Book of Boredom podcast. <laughs> like we cover it all, all over your face. <laughs> all over your ear. Right in your ear hole. All over your flesh and your blood. We've got it all. As Jesus orgasms inside <laughs> your brain. 
Thank you everyone for coming on this really weird journey with us. Anything to add, Sister Patience? Do you have anything at all that you can uh, use to summarize what we've just gone through this evening? The Book of Mormon and the Bible is horse shit. And I hope that you had fun listening. <laughs> Thank you very much as always, Sister Patience, for coming on this journey with me. You too, Brother Paul. Thank you to our eight Patreons. We love you guys dearly. You guys are awesome. Boop, boop. Thank you to all of you listening at home. And until next week, from us at the Book of Boredom podcast, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. amen.